Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's my Yang from Mix in the Dark. It has definitely been a few weeks, and people have started to question where the heck I went. Well, I finished off a very busy school year, and then I got sick for about a month. My voice was gone and everything, and actually, I'm still kind of sick. I haven't fully recovered, but I just figured that I should just just do this episode. Um, I haven't gotten this bad of a cold in a while, and to be honest. Ever since my mom passed, telling scary stories has been really hard for me, and I'm thinking it's because I just saw things and heard things that I'm pretty sure a human being does not want to hear or see during anyone's death, but that's a story for a different time. If you've been listening to Mix in the Dark for a couple of years now, you would know that I usually take summers off to prepare for the next season, and I wanted to make sure to get this episode out just to tell you that this will be the final episode for season three. I will be gathering new stories for our fourth season. The next season of Mix in the Dark will come out at the end of August, and with that said, I am in need of stories. Here are a few tips for sending me stories. Uh, Longer stories tend to come out faster than shorter stories. And the reason why is because the shorter stories are just too short to be put out by themselves. So oftentimes I have to wait for other similar stories that I can group them up together and make an episode out of them. And um, it's just so that they are long enough to be put into an episode. A long story for me would be like four to five pages typed, font size 12, single space. I would say that a story too short for me only has two or three paragraphs. Um, I usually look for a lot of details, including um, any backstory or connecting events. It just makes my storytelling a lot easier. I also look at spelling, grammar, and verb tense. It doesn't have to be perfect because I still look through it myself, but I can say that it definitely Definitely is a lot easier for me to publish a story if you sent it to me with edits already made. When I have to make those edits myself, it just takes me a few hours, which then drags the time that it gets published. Lastly, I often look for unique stories. Um, For example, I don't really put out dream experiences such as vivid dreams or sleep paralysis experiences unless they are significant to a bigger story. They're just too normal for me? Is that weird? Um, in any case, you can send stories to me at mixinthedark at gmail.com. I always try to reply to you, but I'm also bombarded with a lot of emails from multiple parties, so if I don't get to you, don't take it personally. I'm probably just very busy. Also, don't forget that if there's a story that you really enjoyed, you can tip me on my Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab and tip me that way podcasters really don't get paid a lot. Uh, We make money through sponsorships and support from our community of listeners. And the last thing I want to tell you is that I'm visiting San Francisco during the July 4th festivities. And if you live there or have been there, give me a list of things to do, especially things that usually happen around um, the July 4th time. I love exploring what the locals would do in their own city. I also love trying out different foods. And I'm definitely hitting up Japantown and Pier 39. Um, When I'm on vacation, I don't set up time to meet listeners. However, people usually find me by being in the general areas and then um, they try to find my voice 
is kind of weird, but when they find my, or when they hear my voice, they kind of find me. And I'm not kidding, it has happened way too many times. Um, time to talk about the story set. I have three stories for you. I've had these three stories for a while. They all have something similar in them. They are all eerily creepy, and I definitely got goosebumps reading them. I am also adding this episode to my list of cursed episodes. If you didn't know, I call some of the stories that I read cursed because when I read them, I feel like someone else is in the room listening. Sometimes the stories aren't even that scary. It's the fact that I have someone in listening with me that makes it feel creepy. And one last note, they're actually not cursed. It's just what I call them. Anyway, you can find this list of cursed episodes on my YouTube page. Be brave. Please enjoy. Story 1 I'm pretty sure if my family members hear this, they will know it's about their family. But this is my version of my experience. My husband and his family used to live in the suburban areas in Minnesota. I remembered when we were still just dating, I first went to his house and my reaction was, wow, this is a creepy house. No matter how big and beautiful the house was, or how big the land they had, there was always this instant chill every time you entered the property. The weirdest spots for me were right outside the house and downstairs. After almost a year of dating, we eventually got married. I would never stay home alone because it always felt like something was watching me. Luckily, I only lived there for a year. My father-in-law wanted to buy a house a bit closer to St. Paul as his family was growing. There were about five little families living together in one household. My in-laws, my husband, and I were the first to move into the new house. At first, the house didn't have that creepy vibe, but as other family members moved in, that creepy vibe slowly started to come back as if something or someone followed us to the new house it started getting uncomfortable again. Here and there, you'll see shadows move from one place to another. There were lots of arguments during this time. It was like a virus spreading from family to family. One day, my husband and I would argue. The next few days, it would be another couple in the house. And a few days after that, it would be the next couple. One night, my husband and I were out late. I forgot why we got into an argument, but I remembered it was around 1 in the morning. We were outside in the car arguing. I guess we were too loud because the windows were open so my mother-in-law heard us and came out. She went to my husband's side of the window and told us to stop arguing and to go inside. My husband did not even bother to look at his mom. He just told her in a mean tone, Mom, move. My mother-in-law looked confused, but still took a few steps back, and my husband just put his car in reverse, and we left. I got so angry at my husband, I yelled at him. Why did you do that to your mom? That was so freaking mean and rude. He just replied, I'll tell you in the morning. The next morning, he indeed told me. You know when mom came out and told us to go inside? I nodded. The reason why I couldn't turn to look at mom, I told her to move, and I reversed out, was because when mom was talking to us, I saw a Bunzong standing next to her. It was smiling at me. You didn't see that? Shocked, I replied no, and we left it at that. 
Abanzong is a spirit that roams and tries to manipulate people. It usually comes in the form of a woman or a little girl. People who have seen them describe them as having long hair, long stretched eyes, and feet turned backwards. No one really knows how it came to be or why. A few months later, my sister-in-law's parents came into town for a funeral. The husband went to sleep downstairs in our guest bedroom. He was down there for less than 30 minutes and hurried back up. We asked him why he came back up so fast. He replied that something was bothering him while he was trying to sleep. He told us that when he fell asleep, he saw it in his dreams. He told whatever that thing was to leave or it will be sorry. That thing told him that it was not going anywhere. He then tried to force it out, but he wasn't strong enough, so he told that thing that he's going to tell one of our uncles to come and force it out. As time went on, some family members left the house, and new family members came to live with us. It was still the same old situation where we had constant arguments in the house between partners. I remember one night I went shopping with my sister. Since I sleep downstairs, I told my sister to drive a bit more down the driveway so that I can just go through the back instead of going through the front door. The backyard was big, so during the summer nights, it's basically a pitch black. As I got out, I walked toward the back door. I noticed a dark, shadowy silhouette standing beside my father-in-law's car. I thought to myself that maybe it was just the shadows of the trees since my sister used her high beams. We did our shopping and whatnot and then came back home. When I was going to go inside, I turned and saw that my sister was backing out from the driveway. The light from her car started to dim. I noticed it looked like she stopped her car all of a sudden. My husband questioned what my sister was still doing, so I told him that maybe she just wanted to make sure I went inside first before she left. The next day, my sister texted me asking if there was someone standing next to my father-in-law's car when she dropped me off yesterday. I told her no and that it was just the shadows of the trees. She texted back saying that she was confident it was someone. It was standing beside my father-in-law's car watching me go inside. I just shook it off because it was starting to creep me out and honestly, I just didn't want to think about it. Months later, one of my sister-in-laws randomly asked me to go for a drive with her. I looked at her annoyed because I had just got off work and was tired. I questioned why she needed to go out for a drive. She explained that she couldn't say it at the house, so I agreed. We drove to a nearby park. She turned and said, So I heard something from mom. I don't know if you noticed this too, but every house we've lived in so far always seems odd. Wouldn't you agree? I nodded my head yes. She continued. Well, mom just confirmed with me that whatever is in the house has been following them for years. Someone in the family went out late at night and that thing followed the person home. This thing is very evil. It gets very happy when we argue and within a few days, if someone from the family does not argue, it will make that happen. I looked at her confused, wondering when everyone knew this and if I was the last person to know. My sister-in-law looked at me and said, I don't know. What I know is mother-in-law and father-in-law knows about this, but just never really told anyone. She told me that a few shamans confirmed it, but they weren't strong enough to take it out. It knows when we're talking about it whenever it's close by, and that's why I could not tell you inside the house. A few weeks later, I went to the store with my mother-in-law. 
I asked her and she confirmed it. She said that thing has been following the family since the previous house. It knew we were moving so it followed us. Usually when these things happen, the family would opt to secretly move out. Instead of saying out loud that they are moving, the family would lie that they are just packing to go on a trip and will be back. They then trick the entity to stay in the house and wait for the family to come back, when what's really happening is the family has already moved out. A few years go by, my father-in-law also passed away. After every Hmong funeral, an onning or hupli spirit calling ceremony follows. It's mainly done to cleanse the family and to make sure that our sad spirit does not follow the dead. My mother-in-law told the shaman about our situation. He said he will try his best to take that thing out of the house. He did a ritual for it, but honestly I felt that it found its way back to the house. After a few months, my husband and I moved out. We decided to not let anyone know the day we were moving. The day came and we quickly grabbed our things and just left. I was scared that it might follow us if it knew we were leaving. After we left, we did not feel that eeriness or see any shadows moving anymore. I was relieved that it did not follow us. About a year after we left, the rest of the family also left the house too. That summer, my mom wanted to go buy chicken herbs, so I told my mom that back at the house, my mother-in-law had planted some in her garden, so my mom thought it would be a good idea to go see if it was still there. When we entered the old property, instant chills ran through my body. It felt like there were many eyes watching us. Feeling uneasy already, my mom just had to say out loud that the house gave off a creepy vibe. I looked at my mom and said, why would you even say that? You are going and by yourself and I'm going to stay in the car. My mom tried to convince me to go. She explained that we were just going to take a look and that it would be fast. When we got to the garden, my mom started singing her Christian songs. I knew she felt exactly what I was feeling. Whenever my mom goes to a place where she feels negative energy, she always sings her Christian songs to ease herself. We checked and there was none, so we quickly went back to the car and left. When we got out of the property, my mom looked at me and said, Don't ever come back to this place. I knew exactly why she said that. It's been about three and a half years now since my husband and I left the house. My husband's nephew and I still talk about that house here and there. One of the nephews told me that one time when he was sleeping in my mother-in-law's room, he heard someone creepily laugh inside of our walk-in closet in the master bedroom. That's when we all started sharing our own experiences. I live across town now, so I'm never down that area anymore. Just a few months ago, my husband and I drove past and saw that the house is now demolished. Even though the house is gone, talking about it still gives me chills. Story 2 My parents migrated to Arkansas where my grandparents were and where their American sponsor also lived. I was my parents first born here in America and have an American name. All my life I was told by my parents that I was a very happy child until I fell ill with fevers. That is when I would hallucinate and cry a lot. They never understood why I cried so much until I became of age and was able to tell them that I can see demonic faces and explain occurrences that made me fearful. For as long as I could remember, my hallucination started as a tiny star from far away until it became a boulder rolling toward me. 
I would then start seeing scary faces, hear silverware clinking together, and see the room spinning around or that I was falling and falling into the dark abyss. As children, my siblings made fun of me for how I described the evil faces to them and how I'd cling on to my parents or how I would have to sleep with them until I got better just so the hallucinations stayed at bay. Nowadays, they still tell the stories and I'd laugh along with them, but in my heart, I know what I saw and it may be funny to them, but I was always terrified and I still remember each evil face and the fear I felt for those faces. As time went by, I got older and I saw less of the evil faces, but I still hear the silhouette noises, feel the spinning into the dark abyss, and most scary of all, see the rolling boulder. I always wondered if one day the boulder would get at me and that I would die in reality. Anyhow, when I grew up, I married into a very traditional and newly migrated family from Laos. I was also their first Hmong American daughter-in-law, and sadly, that made me their least favorite out of us three. In my mother-in-law's eyes, I was never as good as the traditional daughter-in-laws because I didn't cater to their every need as expected. My husband was her second youngest son and more of her baby and the mama's boy than any of the other boys. He was also the one she was waiting for and the only one around her on the day she passed in 2014. He, of course, was very heartbroken, but for my children and I, we felt distanced because I felt she never cared about us. I will remember how she always jabbed that she loved her other grandchildren more than she loved my children. So when she passed, I felt creeped out, especially because I always remember her always telling her husband, and not sure if she was joking or she was telling the truth, that when she died, she was coming back as a tiger to haunt him and us. It's been two weeks since she passed, and we still hadn't done the funeral due to planning and waiting for her faraway relatives to arrive. One evening, while my two older children are in their bedrooms and my husband was at work, I put on a cartoon for my little four-year-old girl to watch by my bedside as I got to showering. As I am showering just a few steps away with my eyes closed, I suddenly hear my little girl's voice, and she called out, Grandma! At this point, I froze. Terrified and confused with soap suds running all over my eyes, I called out, Baby? No answer. Baby? Still no answer. Quickly, I rinsed myself, wrapped a towel around me, and stepped into the bedroom. There was no sign of my little girl. I looked around puzzled and then realized my bed comforter was neatly made and empty until underneath it I can see a small body lump on one side. As I walked up to her, I noticed she's lying straight and being super still. I reached out to grab the comforter and flipped it back to reveal my little girl laying there looking up at me with a smiling face, and now all giggles with her hands clutched in front of her mouth. With concern on my face, I asked, Baby, why did you just yell out grandma? No reply, just giggles. I repeated my question and implored her again to tell me. Still, just smiles and giggles. After the third time asking and still smiling, she says to me in a super loud whisper. Give me your ear. Give me your ear, was what she whispered. Taken aback, I looked down at her while she giggled again as she waited for me to lean down to give her my ear 
so she could tell me something. Not knowing what to expect and feeling dread, fear, and love for my child and all sorts of emotions, I cautiously leaned down and slowly lowered my right ear toward her. When I was close enough to ask her again to tell me, this was when she slightly leaned up and said into my ear in a slow, loud, raspy and hoarse growl. Goosebumps all over my body, my heart pounding and frightened to death. I looked down at her, wondering if I should slap her, shake her or grab her to hug her. After that one word, she then grabs the comforter to cover her head again and proceeds to giggle and act like nothing happened. To this day, I still never got any explanation out of her. Anytime I asked her, she would just clamp her lips together and smile at me in a way as if she had a secret that she was not willing to share. And to this day, I would dream of my mother-in-law when someone in the family was going to be ill or if something bad was coming. I'd dream of her as if I did the morning my father-in-law passed or of when my two brother-in-laws were going to pass. It scares me and I wonder why. Why come haunt me and reveal these things to torment me when I wasn't even her favorite? I've also now since divorced and so I certainly do not want to know and least want to see her in my dreams because when I do dream of her, she never speaks and is always just silent and stoic-faced. There's my story that I still get goosebumps whenever I tell it. It is nothing as if told in person because of the way she said the word nothing. Story 3 Back in 2020, I worked at a skilled nursing facility in Lincoln, California. I commuted to and from work Monday through Friday. It was about a two-hour drive to work and back. I worked from 1 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. I lived in a one-bed, one-bath college apartment with my boyfriend and my six-year-old black Labrador dog. I've always been sensitive to the paranormal. I grew up in a Hmong family. My dad focuses a lot on shamanism. So did my mom's side, but not as much. I remember growing up and having a lot of experiences even to this day. My mom would ground up ginger and rub it on us so the bad spirits would go away or bless the house and sweep the bad spirits out. At times, I would have to go to my grandpa's house and he would tie the black, red, and white string around my ankle. The string represents dragons meant to protect you from harm's way. I don't remember what those string bracelets are called. They would burn Joss paper for my grandmother for protection. I could tell you many stories of my experiences, but I'll stick with this one as this is about the second scariest thing that has happened to me. One night, I got off work at midnight and was driving home from work. I was halfway home in a town called Oroville. It is about 30 minutes from where I lived. By the time I got to Oroville, it was probably 1.30 a.m. I was tired from work and the long drive did not help at all. As I was driving, I was about to come up to a bridge and in the corner, I thought I saw what looked like a homeless man standing by the bridge with a cart. I thought to myself, he's probably going to fall. I looked back in my rearview mirror and to my surprise, I didn't see him anymore. I thought nothing of it and I was probably just tired and was seeing things. I remember getting home and just going straight to sleep. The next day, I went to work and drove home after. 
When I got home, I remember telling my boyfriend that I wanted to stay up and watch a movie, as it was my Friday. We turned on the TV and sat on the couch. My couch was placed against the wall by the front door. My boyfriend always sat at the end closest to the door. I laid down with my feet up on his lap. As we were watching a movie, my boyfriend tells me, Do you hear that? It sounds like whispering. I just looked at him as if he was joking and I told him, no, I didn't hear anything. I went back to watching the movie and he kept telling me about the noises he was hearing. He then said, I swear I heard it. It's like right there. He made this motion suggesting that it was right by his head. I told him that I don't know what he was talking about and told him to just watch the movie. A couple of minutes later, he brought it up again. I told him to drop it and then he said, Maybe the neighbors are just throwing a party. I told him to just leave it alone and that I didn't hear anything. The moment I said that I did not hear anything, a raspy male voice said to me, I'm right here. Immediately, I got goosebumps all over. I didn't tell my boyfriend what I heard. I told him, let's go to bed instead and finish the movie another day. The next day, everything went pretty well until the night time again. I still didn't tell him what I heard. I was too scared to bring it up. I decided to sleep early that night. My boyfriend stayed up to watch his shows. In the morning, my boyfriend told me that while he was getting ready to go to bed after watching his show, he heard a loud bang coming from our kitchen and that our dog was starting to walk toward our bedroom door. And he thought nothing of it. And then he heard another bang and our dog kept staring at our bedroom door. He went to check it out and look in our kitchen and said he didn't see anything out of the ordinary. He then saw our oven mitts on the counter. We normally hang our oven mitts on hooks after using them. He said that the moment he saw them on the counter and not on the hooks, he started to get scared. He left them out on the counter and left the kitchen light on and immediately came to me. He stated that he locked our bedroom door too for safety. He asked me if I felt anything last night, and I said no, I slept fine. The next night, we slept in the living room to finish the movie. The mattress was moved out of the room to the living room. I thought nothing of what happened, I just wanted to let it go and just move on. This particular night would scare me forever. After the movie finished, we both went to sleep. My dog was sleeping on the couch adjacent to me. It was around 3 a.m., and all of a sudden my laptop turned on and was playing something in the background. The volume started getting louder. I remember getting mad at my boyfriend for not shutting it off immediately. He was scared and told me, How is this happening? Didn't you shut it down earlier? I remembered yelling at him saying, Yes, I did. Just turn it off. The weird thing is, I remember saying these things, but I felt as if my body was asleep, as if I was still sleeping. I remember seeing my dog get up and walk around. I then remember my boyfriend saying to me, Jackson's looking at the computer. He's looking at it. Go back to sleep, Jackson. By this time, I remember just falling asleep immediately, and I didn't know what happened until the next morning. My boyfriend told me what happened, and I told him everything from what I heard to how my body felt that night and my laptop being turned on. He told me that after I fell asleep, our dog would not stop looking at the table where my laptop was. Our dog got off the couch and slept by me. 
He said that no matter what he tried to do, our dog would not leave my side and that his focus was always toward the table. He said he was so scared that night that he stayed up because he didn't know if something worse was going to happen. After that night, the place had been calm. We have since moved out and our new place is so much calmer. I fear that it was going to follow us as I've had bad spirits in the past follow me. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.